all stand together this morning and honor the man of God, Brother McCool. Appreciate him and his good wife and this good family. Been knowing them for quite some time now and appreciate them. I want him to come. God's put into his spirit and heart to minister to us. I really believe God's got the table spread and prepared and ready for us. Amen. Let's just come and let's come and dine this morning. Let's let the Lord, let's let the word of God and the presence of the Lord move upon us in this house. Helping us in this old world. If you think it's going to get better, well, I hate to tell you it's not. But I tell you what's going to get better, and that's us leaving here. And that's going to happen. Love, Brother McCool. God, let's give him a good Bendale welcome this pulpit this morning. Bless you. Come on, let's give that to the Lord and give him praise today. Come on, lift your voice, amen, clap with all your might. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, you're worthy of all our praise. Lord, we give you thanks. Lord, it's a season of thanks. Lord, we don't want to miss that opportunity to lift you up, to bless you for all your blessings, to exalt you today in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, praise the, Lord. praise the Lord. Hallelujah. What a wonderful time that we're having around here today. Praise God. Love what I feel in the house of God. Good to see each and every one of you and, uh, and uh, people that we love and appreciate very, very much. And uh, we give honor to your wonderful pastor and my, my friend, Brother William Moore. Love and appreciate him and Sister Moore. Amen. Sister Moore, she... She wants everybody to think she's hard to love, but she's a good lady. Praise God. And so I've got to pick at her a little bit today. Amen. I wouldn't do my job as an evangelist if I didn't razz her a little bit. Praise God. But we love and appreciate Sister Moore very, very much. Amen. We love and appreciate all you. Amen. Do you love your brother? Do you love your sister? Amen. Praise God. I have been in a quandary all morning. And, uh, there's, uh, <clears throat> there's the want to to preach one thing and, and uh, that nudging to preach something else. Praise God. And, uh, if you're a preacher, you know what I'm talking about. And so uh, I've been asking God to direct my mind today. And uh, so I guess I'll have to pick one and then preach the other tonight. But I hate to do that. I really want to know where we're supposed to say what we're going to say this morning. Amen. It's good to have my wife here with me. Appreciate her so very, very much. Hallelujah. We've, we've kind of been, I wouldn't say jet-setting, but we've been car driving. And uh, we've been to Panhandle of Texas and been up there and then drove home and went to Georgia. And went from Georgia to Fort Walton Beach, Florida for Brother Bush. And now we're back. Praise God. So I'm, <clears throat> I'm a little tired. Praise God. Hallelujah. And uh, Brother Troy was saying one of my familiar sayings, jump on him, Jesus. <laughs> I thought, Lord, I definitely need it. And then I started walking by, and some of these guys up here were kind of giggling and looking at me and laughing and smiling. I said, y'all better pray for me. I said, a bunch of carnal outfits, praise God. So y'all better pray. 
told one brother, I said, it ain't always got to be a home run. Just sometimes we need a base hit. <laughs> Hallelujah. Sometimes one run, what's, what means the outcome of the game? Amen. Amen. And so uh, if, you'll, if you'll help me today, and I mean really help me, I might get you out of here sooner than you probably anticipate. Is that all right? <laughs> Somebody go put some coffee on and bring me a cup while you're at it. Praise God. Praise God. Mm, mm, mm. Lord have mercy. I don't do this very often. But I'm gonna I'm just gonna go with what I feel. Is that all right? Mm. 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 Let's go to Second Samuel chapter nine. 2 Samuel chapter 9. Let's look at verse 7. And David said unto him, Fear not. Everybody said, Fear not. For I will surely, everybody said, Surely, absolutely, unequivocally, I guarantee, show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake, and will restore thee, everybody said, All the land of Saul thy father and thou shalt eat bread at my table just part of the time just a few nights a week the Bible said continually and he bowed himself and said what is thy servant I want you to I want you to notice carefully here. What, not who, what is thy servant that thou shouldest look upon such a, everybody say dead dog, as I am. Sometimes we, that's where we are. We feel really almost unlovable to God. We question whether or not God really cares about us because of the stuff we're going through. <clears throat> but Mephibosheth bowed himself. And I'm here to tell you that's the answer in every circumstance, whether it be good or whether it be bad. To humble ourselves and pray 
And he bowed himself and said, What is thy servant that thou shouldest look upon such a dead dog as I am? Then the king called to Ziba, Saul's servant, and said unto him, I have given unto thy master's son. <laughs> you, you've got to remember that Ziba, his words said one thing, but his actions said another. He was a treacherous man. But I'm, I'm glad the Lord stuck this in here in Mephibosheth's story because the word of God is still true that he will prepare a table for us in the presence of our enemies. And he said, I have given unto thy master's son all that pertain to Saul and to all his house. Thou therefore and thy sons and thy servants shall till the land for him. <clears throat> I'll put your enemy to work for you. You know, God's already got his neck on the devil's, or his foot on the devil's neck this morning. But he tells him, they shall till the land for him, and thou shalt bring in the fruit, that thy master's son may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, thy master's son, shall eat bread, everybody said all the way, at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Now, <laughs> you talk my work crew. He's fixing to put them to work. Then Ziba said unto the king, According to all that my lord the king hath commanded his servants, so shall thy servant do. As for Mephibosheth, said the king, he shall eat at my table as one of the king's sons. And Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah. And all that dwelt in the house of Ziba were servants unto Mephibosheth. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he did eat continually at the king's table and was lame on his feet. <clears throat> I want to go back to the text, verse 8. He bowed himself and said, What is thy servant that thou shouldest look upon such a dead dog as I am? And then the king called to Ziba, Saul's servant, and said, I have given unto him, a master's son, all that pertained to Saul and to all his house. And it said here that he shall eat at my table always. <clears throat> I want to title it for lack of a better title, I guess. Let's just, let's just call it when... Dogs come to dine. When dogs come to dine. Father, we thank you for your word. And I ask you, Lord, to speak through your servant. God, in spite of myself, in spite of my inability, God, you are able. And I pray, minister to your people today and strengthen them. God, that you would touch the bereaved and lift the fallen today let us walk in the spirit and touch your people lord and 
Help us to see the reality of the story. We thank you for every word of promise you've given to us today. Ask you, Lord, to use us and bless in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. Clap your hands to the Lord. Let's love him together. Praise God. Father, we love you. Give you honor today, Lord Jesus. Lord, there's none like you that is able to redeem and to strengthen, to lift us up, and we give you praise. Hallelujah. Anybody feel what I'm feeling around here? I just feel a lifting presence of the Lord just stepped in this building right now. Come on, let's give God praise. Let's give God some glory right now. Come on, you want the Lord to lift you up? Why don't you take a little time and just lift the Lord up with your praise? Hallelujah. Jesus' name. Everybody shout amen. God bless you. You can be seated in Jesus' name. Amen. I uh, began to take a look at this scripture here just a few days ago, and I never been allowed a privilege to preach this. In fact, I told my wife and a dear friend of mine, I'm really kind of working on this, but I just kept feeling it tug at my spirit. And I kept feeling just the urge of the Holy Ghost that kept moving upon me and to remind me that, that not everything in this life is as it seems. Because we do serve a God that looks at us and he looks at our circumstances far different than many times we do. We're blinded by the outset of things that happen that really when you look back and you begin to trace down the very root of the thing, it was really not something that we brought on ourselves even though because of it we made decisions later that begin to affect us. And, and, and it's in this mindset that I want to bring to you that, that, that in this hour that sometimes that we feel that perhaps maybe God is a million miles away. And uh, it feels like God is out of reach. I can assure you today that God certainly is not out of touch. And he knows where we are. Come on, somebody. And I, I want you to understand, I may not be preaching to everyone here today, but I, I want to reach for someone here that, that regardless of what's going on and the pain and the frustration and the anguish of some circumstances and some bitter disappointment that's coming, your family perhaps your marriage is not where it needs to be perhaps that things have happened and uh, you feel like man where is God when I need him the most I want to assure you that your God is looking down where you are and uh, in spite of the way things look he is ordering your footsteps and uh, he is making a way for you right now and he is uh, still a very present help in the time of trouble uh, God is one that draws nigh unto us as we draw nigh unto him. He is the very present help in the time of trouble. And it's the direction that we need to look today is to the one who is looking back at us. 
And if we could simply come to that place this morning that, that God, no matter how far out of reach I may feel, I know that you still got me in the palm of your hand and you're making a way for me and you're lifting me up out of this valley and I know that you're me to sit together with you in heavenly places and I'm going to make it through this that I'm going through. Somebody say amen. So I began to research and began to peruse the text and the scripture. Things began to leap from the pages of the word of God. And one of them was the response that Mephibosheth had during this time. Mephibosheth was one that we often look to in the scripture that we find that that God always makes a way for those that are the disadvantaged and uh, the downtrodden, those that for whatever reason beyond their control are just where they're at in life. And God specializes in uh, working in the lives of people just like that. You may have been suffering with COVID or cancer and uh, you're struggling with things in your life that, that really aren't your problem as it were it didn't come from you, but it came from another source. Are you listening to me? I talk with people that have suffered because of COVID and uh, and like myself have gotten the heart issues out of that. Uh, and others responded negatively to the vaccine. And I'm just going to preach if you don't mind that I'm here to tell you there are things that happen beyond your control and mine. Uh, and it's during those times that we have to look to the one. Uh, amen that still is in control uh, and he's able to take advantage of that opportunity uh, and he's able to give us grace uh, he's able to give us faith uh, he's able to help us in our spirit uh, amen that God I don't know what else to do uh, but if I can find an altar uh, if I can find somebody that can help me up uh, God if you can help me right now I know things uh, are going to be better after Wow. And so we find here that Mephibosheth was one that that really he is at his he is at the place he's at because of someone else's decisions, because of something that Saul, his grandfather, had done. Amen. There is something about it that because of what others do. And knowing that God visits the sins of the fathers on the third and fourth generation. Amen. Of them that hate him. Listen to me carefully. Of them that hate him. You that There's not a one of us here that hate the Lord. You're here because you have a love for God. And I'm here to remind you that that is where the mercy flows. And that is where the grace can be found. Because when we change our attitude toward God and we repent of our sin that's where mercy is poured out and the abundance of God's grace can be found I can't get no help here but oh I'm here to tell you that's where people like you and I amen can find our place where the Father's provision can be poured out upon us I'm talking about when dogs come to dine when people like you and I that didn't deserve God we didn't deserve mercy. We didn't deserve his help. God said, I'll make up the difference. Come on. Come to my house. 
come to my table today. Hallelujah. Mephibosheth, during a time where battle was taking place, the fear that gripped the heart of his nurse, a man caused her to panic. And she began to grab the essential things for herself and the child. While Mephibosheth was just a young boy, in his infancy still and here, she is doing everything in her power to change what looks like a, a destiny of demise in certain death. But here she gathers up the blankets. She gathers a few belongings. She's probably putting some food in a sack where she can carry it with them, where they will be able to eat and she can save the life of this child. But somewhere in the midst of just doing what was right and doing what was good and proper, doing what any good nurse would have done, to save the life of someone else. In her panic, she drops Mephibosheth, a man, and he is now thusly lame upon his legs because of something that happened through the agency of someone else. Are you with me now? And it's not his fault. And in reality, she didn't mean to do it. But nonetheless, Less here he is. He is struggling in life, in his present, and in his future. Because somewhere he got dropped. Amen. And he got laid aside. And it didn't mean it to happen. But nevertheless, God, I'm here today. And Mephibosheth was lame. On his feet. It's during this time he is sought after in our text. He is sought after by David. There's a burden that has gripped David's spirit. David's been doing a lot of thinking. And I'm glad the Lord thinks about us. That we are ever present before him. Even if you're a backslider here today. Not where you would really like to be with God. Sometimes you just feel alienated because of where you are. But I'm here to remind you that you're always on his mind. In fact, I could take you to the Old Testament prophets and I can remind you that, that even Ephraim himself, the Bible said, and the Lord remembered Ephraim, a descendant of Cain, one who was nothing more than a dog, if you will, the life that he lived, the things that he did, the things that his fathers and grandfathers did, but yet Ephraim was cast aside, as it were. In fact, I can show you the Bible tells us that the Lord hated Ephraim, that even in the midst of that, God remembered say, preacher, what are you getting at? I'm telling you, God may hate the sin. He may hate the mistake. He may hate the garment spotted with flesh. But the Lord looks down at us, Brother Troy, and he said, but I remember. 
Did not David himself tell us that he remembereth our frame that we are but dust? Preach to all of us here today because we simply, even at our best, we're filthy rags in the sight of God. I say that because we have a very, very significant problem in Pentecost, and that is pride. <clears throat> that we vindicate ourselves and we justify ourselves because we think we hold a certain standard. Well, I'm going to get personal today. We get this idea that because I'm connected with uh, certain ones in the know that, man, I must really be somebody. No, no. The truth is when you strip away the veneer of your hypocrisy and you look at yourself in the mirror like Mephibosheth, we're nothing but dead dogs. You know, I'll begin to look at how many times in the Scripture that the word dog is even mentioned, and based upon my study, the word dog is mentioned 41 times in both the Old and the New Testament. In the Old Testament, dogs are mentioned 32 times. In the New Testament, they are mentioned nine. When you read the Bible, you're going to understand the word dog is mentioned in different contexts to mean different things. Dogs were used by farmers. In fact, you dog hunters, you'll find yourself in the Word of God because hunters use dogs in the Scripture. I should have got an amen there, brother. The mention of the word dog in the Scripture often means being violent to them was absolutely acceptable. Think with me. A dog is a word used to insult, to denote low and impoverished status. In the New Testament, when one is referred to as a dog, it means an evil person. You call them a dog. You are not saying good things about them. I know some guys don't mind you calling them a dog as long as you call them a big dog. But nevertheless, it has that underlying connotation. Somebody say amen. When you look up the word dog, according to Driver and Briggs, Hebrew lexicon, it means a male cult prostitute. In verse 17 of the scripture, I found it in. The context in question is religious rites that involve acts that we should not talk about behind this pulpit, but they were common in many idolatrous people, and so we find that it never has a clean connotation to it. Additionally, the New Testament also reward, uh, records a similar thing in Revelation 22 and 15 where it tells us, uh, but outside are dogs and sorcerers and uh, the immoral person referring to unrepentant and degenerate people who are not qualified to even enter into the kingdom of Almighty God. It never says anything good, amen, about a dog in that context and I believe sometimes
means that is why God looks back over the winding stream of time and says because of how low we have looked upon the dog that I am going to reach beyond all of the laws. Are you listening to me? I'm going to reach beyond all of their misgivings and their failures. Amen. And I'm going to give them an opportunity called grace to come out from where they are and come on up here to the master's house and give those dogs a place where they can be blessed and they can see the hand of God move in their life. He calls us out even when we're in the church. And here's Jonathan's son whose son is lame, languishing at a place called Lodabar. You know, it's our story, by the way. Born in sin, conceived in iniquity. I hope I'm not boring you today. We're the story of what could have been. Stay with me. I'm on, I know where I'm going. We're the story of what could have been. This is Thanksgiving. This is a time to be thankful. And I, I hope you're thankful for where God brought you from. Brother Moore, where would you and I be? Certainly wouldn't be in this pulpit. You look at what we used to be and where we are now. It's almost unthinkable. It's almost unfathomable. And here we are in this story. We were lame. We were fallen from the very start. But King David looked for someone of the house of Saul to show kindness to. And I want to remind you that the king always is. Even when you come in the church. I think sometimes it's harder when you have been in the church and you get cold in the Lord. And uh, let's just call it for what it is. We backslide and we're just not where we need to be. And we don't read our Bible and we don't pray anymore like we used to. And uh, don't come to the house of God perhaps as we should. And we're just cold. And, and uh, we think, well, you know, preacher, you know, I, I, I didn't come last week. I was out of town. I understand all that. And I believe God understands that. But sometimes we allow things to get in our spirit. That we are more comfortable in our own self-justification. And what we don't realize is we, we are more content to live as dogs. Than we are to dine with the king. Anybody listening to me today? But I love what. 2 Samuel 9 and verse 7 tells us, David said unto him, fear not. You see, there's a certain fear and uncertainty that comes when we're not where we need to be with God. I preach to people here, I love you. And I'm not judging you. However, I will say this, you're not what you used to be. You don't pray like you used to. 
days and weeks pass, you find yourself not talking with the Lord, not picking up your Bible, not reading the Word of God. Oh, it's quiet in here. And we justify ourselves. And if you look at the Scripture closely, you'll find that that in itself was the spirit of Saul. Somewhere along the way, Saul has to die. And the attitude of Jonathan, who was more concerned with a covenant with David and keeping his covenant. There has to be that passion and that desire that spawns even, even Mephibosheth, that even though they're lame, they're not forgotten. Say, preacher, you're just... You're just preaching in circles. Maybe so. Maybe so. But Mephibosheth's response to David. David said, I will restore thee and all the land of Saul thy father. And thou shalt eat bread at my table. Continue. I submit to you that we're living closer to the return of the Lord than we've ever been. And if you're going to keep your lamps trimmed and burning and your vessel filled with oil, you need to do it because the world's getting darker. God is looking for those that still have the brokenness of spirit and even though in the present they're lame and limping, God knows how to call for us. As I said, I'm going to preach to all of us today because what God is doing is he is calling for the church to draw closer. Like I said, I, I, I didn't get this in some fine detailed sermon to preach. I, I'm just going through the, the scant notes that I typed out on my cell phone things that the Lord was bringing to my mind as I began to study and look through this this morning. But when the king shows up, how can you say no? When the Lord draws to, near to us like he has in this service, how can we sit and move? How can we sit untouched? How can we just come to church and, well, here we go again, just another service. Here we go again. Pastor's going to preach that same old line. We're going to sing those same old songs. And we get, we get with it as long as the singing's going on and we can clap our hands. But when the preacher gets to preaching, all of a sudden we just check out. I hope you're listening to me today. I know I didn't make anybody shout. It's going to be all right. I'm going to restore thee all the land of Saul, thy father. You know, he is speaking what his intentions already are. 
And this is exactly what the Lord does for us. He already has a covenant plan. He's restoring. If you're willing to change your place. If you're willing just to get back to the prayer life and get back to the time with him in his word. But I'm going to take it a step farther doing what God has asked us to do as a church. And that is to reach the lost. It is easy for us to become spiritually anemic even when we shout because we are incomplete in our purpose. And the Lord simply says, you're having fun here at my table, but you're not bringing Mephibosheth home. God is needing somebody to play the part of David. And find him a Mephibosheth and remind them God wants to restore everything. Could it be that sometimes the reason why we end up in some of the places spiritually that we are is because we're too focused on ourselves than focused on what God called us to be? I'm going to say that again because it went right over some of your heads. <clears throat> Could it be that? We're where we are now spiritually because we're too focused on ourselves and not focused on what God called us to do. And so we find here that when David comes to Mephibosheth, he already has a plan. I will restore everything. The land, the servants. I'll give you everything that your father Saul had. In fact, what he lost. Now, folks, that's, that's a lot. We think sometimes, well, God's just going to give me back what I lost. No, I'm here to tell you that there are a lot of things that went unseen the first time. God's saying, what I want to do is give it all back to you. You see, it was not enough when Israel was in captivity. And the Lord told them in Isaiah, when he began to speak under inspiration, and he told them that the Lord was going to come break down all the iron gates. He's going he's to break away all the hinges. He's going to open the doors of deliverance and freedom for them. He said, but that's not all I've come to do. I just didn't come to open doors for you to walk out in rags. But he said, I'm going to give to you the hidden riches of secret places, he said. The things that you didn't see. You ain't listening to me. I'm going to give to you the things you didn't even know about. My grandfather was baptized in Jesus' name, but he was more concerned about the whiskey business he had than obeying God 
and getting full of the Holy Ghost and obeying God's call to preach on his life. Since I'm not going to pick on you, I'll, I'll just tell my story. And all the things that I've spoken with, my one of my uncles that is was he's passed on now, but he was an apostolic preacher, and he said, "Oh, son, he said if your grandfather would have just gone ahead and got the Holy Ghost and obeyed God, he said, what a mighty, mighty man of God he would have been, and the things God could have done. He had a way with people, and he began to elaborate on all of his all of his good, positive points in his life." And he began to talk about those things. And he said, man, I just, I could see it in him. I could see what God could have done. What a preacher he would have been. And the souls that could have been saved through his ministry. And your grandmothers, if he would have just obeyed God. And would have just gotten out of that place, if you please, of Lodabar. And low living. And living with excuses. And living in that place of self-justification. That if he would have just come on and let God begin to work through him. What a man of God he would have been. But I look at my life now where God has brought me over 40 years I have come to realize just in the last few that amen everything that my grandfather did not take he didn't take advantage of what he could have had I have watched God take that very thing and start putting it over into our ministry I can't get no help here I don't care whether you believe that or not that's fine but I'm reminded you there are things that God had in store that were never claimed and God said you didn't want it I'll give it to somebody who does I'm talking about when dogs come to die things that everybody said could never happen God said I'll make it happen See, it doesn't matter how bad the past is. Doesn't matter what a mess you're in. All of Mephibosheth's lameness, when Mephibosheth got up out of Lodabar and came to the king's table, you didn't see his lameness any longer because his legs and his feet were underneath the king's table. So many people are trying to hide their inadequacy under their own table. And God has a better place for you to hide that. And that's under his table. His table of provision. His table of blessing. You see, when we come to dine at the king's table, all the past and the pain is hidden underneath. Why would you not want to get back where you need to be with God? Why would you not want to revive your prayer life and rebuild altars in your life? Somebody say amen. Mephibosheth, what I'm going to do is I'm going to restore everything. 
I'm going to restore the joy. I'm going to restore your purpose. I'm going to restore the meaning of life to you. I'm going to restore the servants. I'm going to restore the lands. You know, the list could go on. The list could go on. And you and I are the ones that define where we limit the list. What are you doing, Mephibosheth? I'm reaching for you today. Are you satisfied with your Lodabar experience? Making excuses. Well, my, I don't have a Pentecostal pedigree. But I see a lot of thee. Lord's quiet. Now look at your neighbor said he's preaching to you. I'll quit beating up on you here in just a little bit and I'm going to let you be. <laughs> We're the ones that determine the outcome. We determine. We decide if we're going to stay in Lodabar or if we're going to go to the kingdom. And when you look at Matthew 15, everybody ought to know the story. Syrophoenician woman coming to Jesus on behalf of her demon-possessed daughter. I love the story because here's a woman. It wasn't Lodabar, but the scene is the same. She was more willing to be rejected because you got to remember she's a Canaanite. She is morally despised of the Jews. They won't have anything to do with her. In their eyes, she is a, everybody say it, dog. And as if it were not enough for her to know that when she finally makes the trip. Now I'm going to ask you, are you willing to make the trip? She comes to find Jesus and finally gets to where he is. Lord, Master, Son of David, my daughter's grievously vexed with the devil. Please come and heal her. And silence. <laughs> Crickets. She can't get audience with so she goes to the disciples. They don't have an answer. Lord, do something with this woman. You see, you see, there's, there's just something about a dog that keeps hanging on your heels. Hello? I've been there as a kid. My mama wanted to strangle me because I wanted to bring home every dog in the neighborhood. Some of y'all did the same thing, right? Dog hanging on every, you know, I, I'ma said, if you wouldn't feed that dog, it wouldn't follow you home. 
I'm thinking to myself, but mama, that's the plan. That's God's plan. As he drops the little nuggets along the way, draws closer to him. And that's what he does to us when we come to the house of God. That's what he does when we break open the pages of the word of God and we start reading it and digging into it. Taking time in prayer and letting God speak to us. Because in reality, we're all just prophets. And we need Him. Lord, I need you. My daughter's grievously vexed. Lord, do something with this woman. You're the one that brought her here. Somewhere along the way, she was picking up what somebody's testimony was leading down. And so, here she is. And the Lord said, I'm not sent but for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. She's not a sheep. Apparently, she's a goat. I hate to do this, but I'm going to do it. For most of us, that was bad news. <laughs> he called her a goat, basically, without saying it, didn't he? But what I like is when he turns around and said, besides all this, it's not meet. In other words, it's not the right thing to do to give the children's bread. Everybody say, the dogs. Hmm. And this right here is where we come to the close of this. If we're not careful when the Lord starts calling us home, drawing close to us, and I'm preaching to you that are here that you really aren't where you God's dealing with you. You're, you're, you've got that resistance. And you're so afraid God is not willing. You're so afraid that maybe you're not acceptable anymore to God. You're not worthy. I'm here to tell you, God, God didn't wait for you to get worthy before he, he went to Maybe I'm just preaching to the walls today. I, it's just not the right thing to do to give children's bread like that. It's not right for me to break all of this tradition. It's not right for me to go back and break these laws. It's not right for me to, to take everything that, that my children, the Jews, could have had and, and give it to this dog. And I love the fact that Jesus doesn't use the word kuan, which means the, the, the mongrel dog in the street. It's never used with the negative connotation. In fact, when you look at the scripture, you find it's really 
the only two places I believe where it's even mentioned in a favorable light. Brother Troy quoted it already in this service. Let us be a live dog. He's saying it's not the right thing to do to give it to dogs. But when he said it, he said, come on, I'll keep you on it. He said, the house pet. He uses the term of endearment to let her know that I'm not the one rejecting you. It, it's been a matter of timing all along. Are you listening to but just because you were willing to follow me. Just because you were willing to come where I was. I know it's not right, but I'll tell you what I'm going to do. And he kicks the door open and simply lets her know. If you really want this, you come on in. Let me say something. Oftentimes, God has already set the stage for our victory and our breakthrough. He set the stage for our healing. He set the stage for revival, for harvest. He's already set it into motion. But when we pray, many times in our carnality, we, are, we have assumed the posture that God's not going to do it. Instead of believing that he will. And when she hears what Jesus said, the word that he uses, you have, to, you have to listen to what God is saying because God's not rejecting you. God's not putting you off. God's not punishing some of you that sit here today because of things you did. Boy, it did get quiet. He's waiting on you to make up your mind that you're willing to to not just follow him, but listen. And he said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to take everything that they didn't want, and I'm going to give it to you right here and right now. I'm not going to wait till next week. I'm not going to wait for next month, next year. Whew. I'm going to do it today. I'm going to do it right now. I'm going I'm to open the door for what I'm going to call the house pet. I'm going I'm to open the door, the Lord said, for the one that I really want to have a relationship with, the one that I really care about, the one that I really want to give an opportunity to. I, somebody that couldn't do it on their own. I don't think you hear me. Somebody that they couldn't really go out and feed themselves. They've been hanging out around the barn, but I left the door open long enough for you to see the light and the, amen, pour out across the yard, amen, and into the barn for you to understand it's time for you to come on. It's time for you to get up. It's time for you to believe again. It's time for you to slip on up here to the master's table. Truth, Lord. Even the dogs get the crumbs. Let's all stand. My God, I'll get you out of here. Even the dogs get the crumbs from the master's table. I'm talking about when dogs come to dine. 
Change your position. Change your prayer. Find your purpose. Are you hearing me? Change your position. Change your prayer. You with me now? Find your purpose. Three things that God needs when dogs come to town. This church does not realize the potential. If you people ever got a vision of what could happen in Stone County, in George County, in Harrison County, in Jackson County, come on now. If you ever come back to the master's table, you say, we're there. get back to that place where we understand that God's got a place and he's looking for a prayer and he's waiting on us to position ourselves. Some of you don't realize the potential of you being a soul winner. You're thinking, nobody wants to hear what I have to say. Some of you say, I'm just too busy. I've got this going on. You know what you're doing? You're, you're living in Lodabar. Boy, it is quiet. You're living in Lodabar because you're satisfied. You're satisfied at that level. You're satisfied just doing what you're doing. But you don't see how that's affecting you spiritually. You're content. But when you've lived in Lodabar long enough, somewhere along the way, the light's going to come on. And I hope it's soon. God's calling us. He's sending out a mandate in the spirit right now. And I'm wondering who wants to answer the call to come out of Lodabar and come to the king's table again. Somewhere along the way, we dropped the baby. And you dropped your calling. You dropped your anointing somewhere along the way. You dropped some other things that you need. God's saying, if you'll get on up, I'll restore it. I'll give it back to you. Because it's not enough for us to come to the house of God and just show. It's not enough for us to come around here and just look good. Our nice suits and our creases in our pants, guys, ain't going to get us there. God said, I need, I need some brokenness in the spirit. I need somebody that wants to change their lameness. Come on. Just lift your hands and love the Lord. There's just a.
There's just a drawing presence of the Holy Ghost that's just resting on us right now. Come on, church. Come on, church. Let's just reach out to him right now. Oh, God, you're calling us back to the table, Lord. God, we've just gotten satisfied just like we were before we ever came to the altar to pray. We're just satisfied like, like the old dog that we were. God, I ask you, Lord, to forgive us. Forgive us for our lameness and forgive us, Lord, for the reasons that we have justified ourselves. Help us, Lord, to realize that we're languishing in Lodabar, but the word of the king has come. And uh, if we'll just do what you're asking us to do, uh, Lord, you're going to restore everything. You're going you're gonna to send the help. Uh, amen. You're going to send the right ones to help us. Uh, amen. To till up the ground. You're going to send the ones that even fought against the truth to come and be a part of it. Come on, somebody. Are you ready to get up out of load of bars spiritually and, uh, and just say, yes, God. I'm a, I know I ain't nothing but a dog and I haven't done what I should have done, but nevertheless, I'm here and I, I'm really hungry for a change. Lord, help me to hide this shame underneath the table to Today. Help me to hide what I, my laziness spiritually. Help me to hide all that underneath the table today. Oh, Jesus. Dogs come to dine when they're tired of Lodabar. Dogs come to dine when the word of the king comes and uh, they realize they're not worthy, but yet I'm willing. Uh, amen. Dogs come to dine when uh, all else has failed and there's no other help but God. And we recognize our complete reliance is on uh, the one that's able uh, to deliver and to change uh, our position today. Uh, amen. From the reject uh, to the recipient of the blessings of God. Dogs come to dine when we get persistent in our pursuit of God and uh, persistent in our prayer life and, uh, and convinced, amen, uh, hallelujah, that when God speaks, uh, he's going to open a door, uh, amen. It may not sound uh, like much to others, uh, but to my ear, I heard his voice and uh, I heard the word uh, of opportunity, uh, amen, truth, Lord, uh, but I'm going to get what comes from the master's table. Uh, amen. It may not look like much to others but I'm going to position myself uh, for your purpose. Oh. Come on church. Come on. We know what we are, but he wants to change our position today. 
He wants to give us some purpose today. Lord Jesus. God, I don't want to be content and languish in the load of bar of the Spirit. I want to get up. I want to go sit under your table. Mm. Jesus. I have spoken my word. I have even heard your voice from afar. I have seen the dissatisfaction in your heart because of where you are. Your desire to go higher, your desire to go deeper. But yet you have remained content and you have sat in the wilderness and in the dryness of your own spirit. Justifying yourself. I say unto you, remove the scale from your eyes. For if you could see what I see, and not just the imperfection, and not just the emptiness, but the potential that I have already put in you. But I have sent my word. And I say unto you, I will restore. And I will renew. If you will but rise up in the spirit. And call upon my name. And follow me. And I will bring you out of this place of dry pasture. I will bring you out of this place of incompleteness. For you have sought to serve me, but the lameness needs to be healed. And healing is at my table, saith the Lord. 
my healing that is in my promise to you. Seek me now. Purpose yourself. Position yourself, saith the Lord. And I will restore all. I will make you a shining light. And I will make you a city upon a hill. For now's the time, for I do draw near. And my return is soon. Work now. Labor now. For the night is coming when no man can work. Come on, church, let's linger. Let's just wait on the Lord. Just reach out to Him. I talk to people that are so gifted of God sitting in these pews. Men and women, young and old, that are so gifted. I'm not talking about singing and preaching. I'm talking about loving people. Gifted with compassion. Mm. God just needs you to reach out. Oh, God, search us today. Search our spirit, God. Let this time of the year be a time of searching. Preparing us for the year to come. We need you, God. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Is there anybody that's ready to rise up out of Lodabar? Anybody ready to go to the king's table? Come on, any... Do I have any intercessors here that's willing to go the extra mile for the ones that can't help themselves? Won't be detoured nor denied by what seems to be rejection, but will simply say, God, I'm ready. Talking to young married couples that are here. Come on, there's somebody out there. Their marriage is falling apart and they need a friend. They need somebody that'll pray with them. Somebody that'll reach for them. 
Yara Mondo Thank you, Jesus. Come on, just keep reaching out to the Lord. Jesus. just got to make up our mind. 
whose table are we going to put our feet under? We've all been dropped. We've all been overlooked. We've all had to battle with this. We've all made bad decisions in life. None of us deserves to put our feet under the master's table. But he's calling for us to come and dine. We got to be like that little lady with the issue of blood. She come calling. We got to be like that little lady with the daughter. She come calling. We even got to reach the place like that lunatic. He came calling. We got a God that loves us this morning, cares about us. But this world is trying its best to gobble us up. But we got to make up in our minds it's not going to happen. I'm going to take some time out for Jesus. I mentioned this a few weeks ago about the table being spread. And it's not just at the house of God. It's that daily bread, that daily table that we're putting our feet under. Our Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Thursdays and Fridays and Saturdays is just as important as Sunday. And what we feast on. The Sunday cannot overpower those other six days. So God help us. Amen. I want to come and dine at the master's table. You know the devil's got a table. It's in your Bible. When the writer talks about it. You can't eat at the table of devils and at the table of God. I want to come and eat at God's table. How about you? Amen. That's the reason we're here today. The good things. The spiritual things. Now, we've been teaching, preaching on doctrine for 27, 28 weeks. Sound doctrine is nothing but healthy doctrine. How many likes to eat healthy food? Does anybody know what healthy food even is? If it tastes good, I've been told if it tastes good, spit it out. It's not good for you. <laughs> so that means you got to eat all that stuff you don't like. Huh. If I eat Rudy Baker's, I'd probably live forever. Because <laughs> I sure don't like them. <laughs> You see what I'm saying? It works the same way in the spiritual. And you've got to get that daily diet out of the word of God for yourself. Man, we've been on this a lot. God's working for us. Amen. Because you know why? He wants you to be the soul winners. And he's making you. He's molding you. And God's working for us. Thank you, Brother McCool, for the word today. Amen. Good job.
coming up out of Lodi Barson. Going to make that decision. Amen. I wonder what would happen to him if he hadn't have been dropped. What if Saul would have stayed king or Jonathan became king? Where would he have wound up at? Sometimes the things that we look at being so mistreated is if everything is going to save us and get us out of here. All right? Love you this morning. Appreciate you. God bless you. Be back tonight, 5.30 prayer time, 6 o'clock service time.